Hello and welcome to Well Branded, the podcast, a place where you and I get the opportunity to engage with interesting personalities from all over the world and explore the success behind their brands, their strategy, and their vision. So on Well Branded today, we have a fantastic human who I was fortunate enough to meet a couple weeks ago in South Africa, Dale Herbst of That Food Guy Publishing in South Africa. Welcome. Thank you, Zara. Thank you so much. I'm going to call you by your full name because I think it's really beautiful, Zahira. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Whichever. I normally have to shorten it because it's a lot easier, but you can take your pick on that one. Cool. Thank you for having me. I, I really had an amazing time meeting you a while back. Um, so it's so great touching base again. Now, amazing. Now, Dale, I think it's very rare that we get to delve into the brain and the life of a guy in publishing. And I think it's something that's quite interesting to a lot of people because I feel like for a while back, maybe six or so months, everyone that I knew was talking about writing a book or starting a book. And I think people need to understand the dynamics, the logistics and what goes into the back end of it. So I think what we'll start with is I'd love you to talk us through That Food Guy and what you and your wonderful team do at That Food Guy Publishing. So, so Zah, I mean, I, I could spend literally hours speaking about this. I, I live, eat, breathe what I do. But in short, uh, my background is broadcast. I was in broadcast for 15 years. I worked for some of the ma- major broadcasters in South Africa, uh, mainly in live TV. And in 2014, um, I, had the, I had the opportunity to work with the lead singer of Mikasa, um, a, a music group from South Africa who have traveled over every single continent, performed for the likes of, of, of Obama and presidents. And he approached me to produce his cooking show. He was kind of getting into cooking at the time as a hobby. Um, so I combined my broadcast TV skill with food, and that's where I think my love for food and beverage um, ignited was, was back in 2014. Fast forward to 2018, I, after having worked in brand communications within food and beverage, uh, I worked with a lot of different brands, developing digital campaigns, above the line campaigns, um, TV shows. 2018, I woke up, and this normally happens every year around my birthday, <laughs> where I have, a bit of a, <clears throat> I have a bit of an epiphany. I'm like, okay, what's next? Um, I, I really love challenging myself. 2018, around about May, June, I woke up and I was like, what can I do to specialize uh, my business and Mm. how can I and how can I officialize my love for food and beverage? So I decided to launch an advertising agency called That Food Guy, specializing in food and beverage. So I took all my knowledge from broadcast and brand communications and plowed it into this one brand and started building That Food Guy. Fast forward to 2019, so a year, a year later, um, or, or a little bit just before that, actually, I was approached by this really beautiful lady on Instagram. I'd never met her before, Nakia Myatt. We met, we met towards the end of 2018, and she said to me, Dale, I want to work with you. I'm not sure what I want to do, but let's do something. I'm like, okay, let's do a tea. We did a tea at, at, at the Heights in Johannesburg. Yeah. So I met with Nikia Might at the Hyatt, and she said to me, Dale, I have a proposal for a book. Um, will you consider publishing my book? And I said to Nikia, I'm not a publisher. You know, I, I've worked on three cookbooks before. I've worked with some of the major publishers 
um, in, in, in Africa. I'd worked on Sarah Graham's book of Penguin. I'd worked on Jay Something's book of Quivertry. And these are really big publishing houses in yeah, South Africa. Yeah. Anyways, I left the conversation. And um, a few days later, I phoned and I said to her, I'm going to open a publishing company. It's a sister company to that Fugai. I'm going to call it that Fugai Publishing. And I'm yeah. going to publish your book. And that's how the Fuga Publishing was born. Um, I think a bit of a brave decision, but I think in the moment of making that, that business decision, I also saw the gap, I think, in our marketplace. A lot of up-and-coming brands, a lot of chefs, home cooks, food people don't have access to major publishers um, and don't have mm. access to knowledge around how to publish a book. Simple things like what is a manuscript? How do you start writing a book? I get on average maybe 10 to 50 mails a week from, from, from people locally um, asking me, you know, Dale, how do we start writing? So, so there definitely was a gap and definitely a lack of knowledge um, mm. at the time around how does one put together a publication, whether, whether in print or online. And then yeah. a few months later, we, we, we published Nikemite's cookbook, um, we managed to get it into some of the major retailers in South Africa. We sold over 2,000 copies in five weeks. Um, mm. and, and, I'm, and I'm super proud of the process. And, and that's kind of like in summary on, on, on where Dale is at at the moment. You know, Dale is, yeah. this, is the CCO, he's the chief creative officer. He's this creative entrepreneur. Yeah. I currently run two companies, that Fugai and the Fugai Publishing. I have a shareholder in a full guide publishing for Nega Popeta, and she just brought so much amazing energy um, into my space and definitely an African perspective. So yeah. something, something we, we really pride ourselves on, I think, is also telling stories from an African perspective. It's quite important yeah. for us. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to tell a European story. It's easy to tell an American story. But if you're writing a book in Dubai, you want, and, and, and even you, I mean, you, you're, I believe you're, you're, you're South African-born, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But even living in Dubai, I mean, if you if you had to write a book, your perspective is probably going to be South African, but but probably morphed with a bit of Dubai, with some of your travels, and it's so important to tell those stories. Yeah. And when I and when I and when I had a meeting with, with who who is my friend and turned business partner for Nega for that Fugai Publishing, I said to her, if there's one thing we do in this company, let's stay true to each brand. So for Nakia. You know, her, her, her family her background is Hindu. She married into a Muslim family. If we're going to tell the story, let's tell that story. Let's not tell a story that's not authentically her. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's quite important in my life. You know, I have, I have many different colleagues and business friends and friends from all different walks of life. Yeah. And I feel like these people and their stories inspire me just to tell authentic stories, whether it be a book, whether it be a digital campaign. Um, I'm working on a very, very exciting um, campaign at the moment through that Fugai, through my advertising agency. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I, I can't say too much now, but, 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 yeah. the, but the product was started 25 years ago. And, and the, the, the grandfather of this family who owns this, there's so much rich story that hasn't been told. So, so to develop a campaign and develop a brand story around that excites me so much. Yeah. I think, 
I think at the base of it all, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I love telling I, I love telling stories. Yeah. Whether that be through recipes, whether it be through an Instagram feed, um, yeah. And and I think I think just branding branding that's on purpose is, yeah. is really is, is really the goal. I think, I mean, if we go back to where I met you, it was at Nakia's launch. Um, yeah. I've known Nakia a little while now. Um, yeah. And I think there's so many things of what you said that I pick up on. I mean, my background's branding and, and PR, and I'm transitioning now into a different space of consulting and supporting and authenticity. And, you know, there's a lot of online webinars yeah. and courses that will be out, but that's exactly at the core of my focus as a brand storyteller, which is, I think similar but different to what you're saying you see is about authenticity and I think there's so much in the product and that's what I said to you when I met you is this is Mm -hmm. a a food you know it's a book about food and recipes but there's so much more to what is in here in terms of lifestyle and you know the way it was shot and the attention to detail on pages and colors and, and graphics but if we were to go back, because there's so many things I think I could ask you questions on, but if we were yeah. to go back to the process of publishing, I think the step before how is whether to. I know yeah. just being in Dubai, there's amazing talent and an incredible resource base of, you know, women and men that know incredible things about food, but whether or not mm. to go the route of a recipe yeah. book or a lifestyle publication, at what point or what do you assess criteria-wise before making yeah. that decision? Yeah. I feel like that's such an important question. Um, and, and, and I want to just insert a bit of a question there. So, so what is the criteria and also what? So, so for me, there are different types of formats of books. You know, I think a lot of people think, Ah, let's let's publish a, a cookbook or recipe book or just a normal book, but it has to be print. We live in a digital age at the moment, so also the what is quite important. You know, are we are we publishing a three hundred page book? Are we publishing a twenty page book? And what are the needs and what does your consumer base want? Um, so 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 coming back to criteria, criteria is very very important. As we know, the the print market and getting cookbooks into retail, making sales is it's a hard game globally it's a hard mm. game you know yeah. if you if you're on oprah's list perhaps you can sell you know 10 or 50,000 copies in your first week but very few people have access to 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 those lists and 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 not much access to marketing so with this book um, i think Nakia, she she definitely ticked all the boxes for us and some of those boxes was you know, has she released a book before? No, it was her debut book. She had a very, very strong online presence. So her Instagram played an extremely important part of our marketing and digital strategy. Mm. Um, I think content and creative is a very, very huge consideration. So Nakia came with, I think Nakia had about 250 recipes for us to choose from and to include in the book. Only mm. 70 to 75 made the final publication. Um, but, but creative, you know, I, I get approached by a lot of people who say to me, Adele, please help us publish a book. Mm. And I'm like, okay, do you have 75 recipes? You know, and, and a lot of people don't have 75 unique recipes. Yeah. Um, so, so creative is also an incredibly important um, part. And then I think the common thread of our conversation is story. Nakia had a story to tell. She had a story to tell about her family, her background, her kids, her mom, and most importantly, the food. 
Um, so, so creativity is definitely a consideration. So, so it's a bit of it's a bit of everything. Is mm. is the brand and is the is the content marketable? Extremely important. Is there yeah. enough creative and content? Can we substantiate this in a long form cookbook? Um, and of course, there should be a level of a level of passion and time given by the author. Um, yeah. a, a lot of authors, you know, will send you a manuscript or a proposal for, for consideration and they expect the publisher to, to kind of do all the work. But it really is the collaboration. I am all for partnerships and collaboration. And I yeah. think the creative process is all about coming together. It's, it's creative minds coming together and birthing a concept or birthing a book. Yeah. Um, so, so with our debut book, even though this wasn't my first book, this was my fourth book, but my first book in that Fugai Publishing, um, mm. I think I'd learned from all the other books I worked on that, wait a moment, we can't just publish. We have to, we have to kind of tick boxes. The criteria you speak about yeah. was yeah. so, so, so important. Um, and Nikia really ticked all the boxes. You know, she worked incredibly hard. We spent hours... Also, I think it was understanding that publishing is not a three or four week process. Um, mm. It took us eight to ten months to get this book out. Um, yeah. So, so I think also having a team and having your author understand that you have to keep going. You know, month yeah. six yeah. when you're on uh, version number twenty-two and you still find yeah. mistakes yeah. in the book, you, you have to keep pushing. And then once your book is complete. You've spent so much time just getting that one print file. Now you need to go into print. And there you're yeah. doing color passing, checking colors. You're making sure that the ingredients and, and the food items look correct in the book. It's a whole nother phase, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so definitely energy is quite important. Um, but also just feeling super grateful that the first book was done with Nikia Mayat. Um, mm. And the Fuga Publishing has definitely learned things from this process um, and we definitely apply that to future books. Yeah. Now, I want to just go half a step back before we move forward. Yeah. And you said digitally there was a presence. Um, and the reason I go back to this is, is for a number of reasons. I think there's pros and cons to social media these days and that yeah. it creates brands that, are fantastic and it creates accessibility to brands that may have or have not been as big but it also has a tendency to let people think that a brand is bigger than it actually is um, yeah. so how do you assess you know you say there was a presence on Instagram and you know she had a great following on Instagram but you and I know from a brand perspective that a following yeah. and a presence on Instagram doesn't always relate to bottom line so where do you kind of mm. assess uh, personality, particularly with personal brands, where do you yeah. assess the strength of a person's presence on social media platforms and how that could relate to a product or a tangible yeah. sale? Yeah. So I, I think it's a combination of, of two things. And this is just from my experience. And I've worked with a lot of brand people who, who say to me, data, 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 look at the figures, look at the analytics, look at the stats. Um, mm. I, I use two things in, in my decision-making process. I use data, of course. We can't ignore analytics um, mm. on Instagram. But I also use something which I believe I've been gifted with, which is brand intuition. So I have a very strong brand intuition that, that can really say, and, and I know it's quite, it's quite hard to measure, because right? I can sit in a boardroom sometimes with execs, and they'll say to me, Dale, how do you know this is going to work? How do you know 
this brand is going to sell. And sometimes the data doesn't say that Nikia's book will sell, but sometimes your intuition and sometimes all the creative elements just add up and it makes sense. So it's yeah. a bit of both. I remember sitting in, um, in, in a few retailers' offices with some of the MDs of, of some of the major groups in South Africa. And the one um, buyer said to me, she's like, I get it, you know, beautiful craves, like, but like Nikia's got a strong Instagram, but she hasn't done TV, you know, she hasn't done radio, all these other elements that, that, that the more famous foodies and chefs have, you know, your Jamie Olivers, your Nigerias. Yeah. Um, so a bit of both, you know, in, in making these decisions and me looking at a personal brand, I would definitely look at data, you know, look at engagement levels, look at reach, look at impressions, look at um, authenticity of followers. But then it's also a conversation I have to have with that personal brand. And it's, and it's me deciphering, okay, Dale, can you make this commercially viable or can't you? Because I think there also, has yeah. to, there, there also has to be a sense of belief, belief from my side that I can commercialize the brand. You know, because essentially what we did with our first book is we never just – published a cookbook with Nikia to actually commercialize Nikia my brain. We have campaigns going live at the moment with At Home. We have campaigns going online with Woolies, which is obviously Woolworths, which is one of the yeah. biggest food retailers yeah. globally. Um, so, so a bit of both, you know, I think data, but I think also as brand people, I think we'd agree that from experience, we kind of have to discern. We have to go okay, yeah. we think this is a brand we can commercialize or, you know what, I think it's lacking certain elements, continue building, continue contributing, continue building their brand equity. And then you'll get to a point where you go, okay, it's book time. Something similar right. happened with, with Jay something when I was his brand manager back in 2014. You know, he had had uh, five or six years with Mikasa, won many awards, and his decision to go into food it's kind of like, okay, what, what does it mean to do a TV show? And at what point do you do a book? And I think something similar. The numbers made sense. Um, mm. and, and we had just a lot of interest from brands. So, so my decision to say to Jay, okay, it's time now for a book. It was a very strategic decision. We had two years of building equity and content within the food world. Um, and I think he had built a food community besides music. Um, yeah, so, so, so yeah, in, in summary, yeah. I think brand intuition and data, a bit of, a bit of both. I, I like yeah. data, but I must tell you, I'm not, I'm not a 100% data guy. Um, yeah. I, I've got all my friends are data people. <laughs> one of yeah, yeah, one, yeah. One, one of my friends, um, heads up influences for a major corporation in South Africa. And she's always like, Dale, did you see the impressions? I'm like, yeah, but the content is average, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, well, so, so the influencer conversation, I think, is one that can go on forever and forever. a day. And yeah. I'm like you. I'm, I don't believe you can be one or other. You can't be no. purely data and you can't be purely, in, you know, intuition. But you know, it's an interesting balance because I, I yeah. see it in the UAE and I think the same I've seen in Australia and people that I speak to in the UK. It's not understanding the various role players or stakeholders mm. involved in a mm. personal brand outside of that false bubble that social media creates. Mm, mm, absolutely. I was, I was in Dubai last year for a few days. Um, I did a Malaysia and then du Dubai trip back to South Africa. And I, had, and I can't remember names, so please forgive me, but I had the most yes, spectacular no. 
vegetarian Chinese, like a seven course Chinese um, lunch um, yeah. near the Burj Khalifa, I believe. Um, and, yeah. and that chef actually also mentioned, you know, she was like, I need, wanted to do a book. And I asked her the same questions. I'm like, okay, so you have a restaurant um, and, and you can produce this really incredible food. And my tea experience was incredible. I'm a, I'm a big green tea lover and she had different yeah. green tea leaves. And I just said to her, I'm like, you, you're so great at what you do, but not every food person, not every chef needs a book because you're going to produce yeah. a book for your own ego. You're going to produce a book to add as an extension so it becomes a revenue stream, you know? And I think I kind yeah. of like awakened something else in her because I see she still hasn't done a book, you know? But I yeah. hope that a brand like that does get to a point where either it's okay, I'm ready, or it's no, I'm not ready. Yeah. So I think then, I mean, having assessed, let's just say an individual has done the assessment, mm-hmm. they work out that their brand equity is solid enough to consider yeah. a tangible product. Then you come to the decision of, do you send a proposal for a publisher to then pick up or do you self-publish? Now, how do you differentiate which is the right route for you? This, I think this is an ongoing talking points, ongoing debate between many people. So, from my from my experience, you can go many different routes. I think the traditional route is to write your book concept and get a proposal together in an email and approach the major publishers. And obviously, a simple Google in in whatever country you're in, you know, major publishers in Dubai, major publishers in South yeah. Africa, in those countries, a few will come up. Um, and traditionally, you'll submit a proposal. However, so having said that, it's 2020, and I think the age of the age of digital is really kicking in and is taking over. Um, and and I think what needs to be considered here is: Do you release? So, so I want to bring up the conversation. I, I know I'm fast tracking a little bit, but I want to bring up the conversation yeah. around print versus ebook. So the first decision you have to make before you even write a proposal and approach a publisher is. Do I want to release an ebook or a print book? If you want to release a print book, I think working with a publisher who has experience is definitely the route to go. If you decide yeah. to release an ebook, and there are many YouTube tutorials and there are many companies who can help you do that, I think that is something you can more than likely probably do yourself. But if you can find an e publisher, it's definitely the route to go. But step one, Write your concept into an email. You know, what is my book about? What are the themes? Some sample recipes. What is the story I'm telling? Mm. Um, I think find a publisher. My, my, I've said to a lot of my, my foodie friends in South Africa that I think you have to align with a publisher who resonates with your narrative and also believes in your brand. Um, it's, it's a big risk for a publisher to take on any book, uh, just in terms of the business structure of a book. Um, you're dealing yeah. with a very long timeline. You're dealing with upfront capital investment. Print is 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 quite expensive. Distribution and warehousing, um, and of course now in South Africa we have that Fugai Publishing, which has been added to the list of publishers. And and for mm. us we're also trying to we're trying to break down the process of of sending you know a major publisher an email and you being one of a thousand people. So. Really, step one is creative. Just just get your creative onto a piece of paper and then align with a publisher that you believe um, you align with. And you'll know immediately when you, when, when you speak with, with, with a publishing exec, you'll know if you resonate with that person or not. And that's traditionally hmm. print. I want to touch on e-publishing a little bit. So 
Um, I haven't really told anyone, but I'm telling you. So that Food yeah. Publishing is in the process of launching an e-cookbook shop online. Um, we have about, we've signed on about 20, 25 authors. I know it's a lot, um, but, mm. we, but we are about to launch an online platform where you can buy a short form cookbook. So it's, it's, it's much smaller than a traditional print cookbook. It's 30 pages, 12 recipes, um, and you can purchase their cookbook on our store and you can keep their cookbook on your virtual shelf. So imagine you had your kitchen shelf or your lounge shelf on our website um, you can literally buy a cookbook for a nominal fee and add it to your virtual shelf. So I think I think e-publishing is going to change the game of how people publish personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the I think the e-cookbook and the and the e-publishing um, sector is going to change and maybe also I think perhaps change print um, in the near future. I think maybe less and less and less people will print cookbooks. Um, just due to costs and due to timelines. Yeah. An e-cookbook you can turn around in, in three, four weeks. A print book you can turn around in four, six, eight months. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I know it's a bit, of a, a, bit, a bit of a long answer, but I think having the print versus e-publishing conversation is also quite an important consideration when someone wants to put together a book. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, for my brand and consultancy type thing, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, tutorial based work and in theory it's nice and I, I used to say this to PR clients it is lovely to see yourself in magazines when you buy it or you see it on a shelf yeah. and you flip a page and there you are you know in pretty colors with nice text but who's reading that who's picking it up the cost involved exactly. the timeline and the evolution of 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 content really mm. is something you need to t- and and the environment yeah. um you know at the end of the day yeah. and then there's the other side you know with launching books um, we've managed quite a few launches in the region of authors outside. And then you've got the cost of shipping books yeah. from the UK or Australia. Yeah. All of that costly, is removed yeah. when you go the e-route. Um, but if someone is still in love, I mean, there is nothing quite like having a book in your hand and turning the pages. That I can't argue with. Absolutely. And if someone is hell-bent on that process and, you know, like Nakia's, which is a keepsake that you'll pass on and you'll buy as a wedding gift, what roughly cost-wise, and I know mm. it would vary from region mm. to region, mm. but if someone was looking to do a recipe book or print a lifestyle, you know, travel coffee table book yeah. or, you know, whatever different yeah. industry, roughly cost guidelines that someone should have in mind before approaching that process. Yeah, so I think it's a very, very important question. Um, so I will use Nikia's book as, as a case study reference. So on her book, the, the, the cost of getting the book onto a shelf um, is, is segmented into very different cost categories. So the, so the first cost you have to lay out is, is creative design and production. So shooting that book, shooting the recipes, testing recipes. I mean, people think that, you know, if you have 80 recipes that just go into a book, every recipe gets tested twice to make sure that the recipe works and nothing is wrong with it. You have to then apply a production crew. You have to appoint a, a, a lead designer. Um, you have you have key publishing costs. You have time. You have a team. So uh, roughly uh, on the books I've worked with, I would say anything between 150 and 250,000 rand for the production of a book. So that's just from okay. conceptualization to your final print PDF. 
So yeah. that would be if we were to convert that to US dollars just to yeah. make it, yeah. you know, a bit more of a, a global, yeah. you're looking at about 15 to 25,000 yeah. US? Yeah, I, I would say plus minus 20,000 USD. Um, and, and, yeah. and that's for, and that's for like an intermediate cookbook. That's nothing that's, that's one location. It's not, if you're shooting a travel cookbook, you're probably looking at double that. So it also depends on, yeah, on, on the creative yeah. and on the scope of the book, but definitely 20 USD. So, and once yeah, you've yeah. created that cookbook, now you have that, you have that final print PDF. Now you have to print. Um, so, so as a publishing house, we obviously, we obviously front um, the cost of many things. Nikia's book was a little bit different because we, we, we both invested in the book. We both came on board. But in, in a traditional publishing um, structure, the author wouldn't necessarily pay for production and they wouldn't necessarily pay, also pay for print. I think it's quite an important yeah. point to make. If, you're, if, if your book gets commissioned, you traditionally don't yeah. pay any cash. And on that, though, that also means the publisher gets a lot of say in terms of creative direction, correct? Absolutely. So, so I think the important point here is that the publisher will obviously earn most of the royalties and they'll earn most of the shares of the book, obviously, because they're fronting capital. But in terms of yeah. creative, in my experience, on, on the four books I've worked on, um, it really is a collaboration. You know, it's quite important, I think, to also to respect the author. The author is coming with a personal brand. They're coming with a brand that is commercially viable. So it's also a bit of a, a bit of a trust game to trust your author to guide the creative. But as a publisher, you also know what works and what doesn't work. Um, mm. so, so, so I think that, I think the process is 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 a, is a collaborative process. Yeah. So once they've decided they're doing it, they're, let's say they're investing or whether you go from the commission yeah. process, you then look at a process of about, say, six to 10 months before it then gets to shelves. Now, I know just from knowing a bit more about Nakia, she's put a lot of work in with your, your team. Yeah. But if someone was looking to do that on a, a more traditional, if I can call it that, yeah. scale, they would need to understand that a lot of that element of creative control and needs to be given up to secure that that financial support. Absolutely, you know, and and I, I say unfortunately or fortunately, I'm not sure if, which which one it is, but unfortunately, I think because the publisher has the capital and they have the resources, you, you yes, you will play a part, but the publisher ultimately is going to make the final creative decision. I think an important point to mention, Yaza, is also. During this production process, the publisher is also trying to sell your book. You know, your publisher is pitching the book to retailers, is pitching the book to online bookshops, um, and and in that process, the publisher is also most likely getting feedback throughout our entire process. We got constant feedback on front covers, on the look and feel of recipes, on so the publisher really takes on the creative risk of a book selling or not selling based on what it looks like on a shelf. And I think that yeah. I think that really summarizes why the publisher will most necessarily take on a bigger decision when it comes to creative. Mm. Now, I know I've been in conversations with friends yeah. um, and colleagues that are in the food industry and, you know, haven't really gotten the responses they want from publishers. So they've gone the route of, well, I'll just self-publish. Now, if you are, I know it's a tricky question, um, and just for the sake of narrowing it down, mm. we can use recipe and food-related content, but if someone was to put a ticket onto what A to Z would cost them one price if they wanted to go the route of publishing 
use South Africa as a market because I think if <laughs> yeah. anything, it's only going to be the the cheaper yeah. end. So yeah. someone in the UAE or the UK or Australia needs to consider a bigger budget. Yeah. What ballpark figure should they have in mind? If 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 an author wants to follow through with the process themselves. Yes. Um, so I'm, I, I'll talk from, from from experience, and obviously I can't disclose certain numbers. But of course, but, yeah, yeah, But yeah. I would say from production to print, um, through to traditional marketing and digital marketing, you definitely cannot do this book for under eight hundred fifty thousand rand. On the kids' yeah. book, was right. being close to a million. Um, but, yeah. but we really did invest a lot in digital. We invested a lot of money into PR, which a lot of cookbooks don't do. And for me, the differentiating factor of the Fugai publishing in, in South Africa and even, even globally, you know, I've, I've been in touch with a few publishers. We really, we, we really went um, over and beyond the normal investment when it came to digital. I was like, if, if this book is going to work, we have to have a very strong online presence. We have to do Google. Mm. We have to do paid media. Um, so so 800,000 Rand is definitely your mark. I, I don't see doing it for less than that. We also decided yeah. to print locally to support local businesses. A lot of, a lot of yeah. people print in India. They do um, China. They print all, globally. They, I mean, they print in all different countries. We decided to yeah. go locally um, to, to, to Cape Town. For two reasons. The first reason was that we had more control over the print process and managing what the book looked like in terms of colors and texture and materials um, and just supporting yeah. local. It was important for us as a publishing house to, to, to support local. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I could not be shouting out that message anymore. Yeah. You know, wherever there is the opportunity um, you know, I've recently sort of changed direction, but prior to that, my graphics team all sat in South Africa and being South African abroad, you, you want to support the local market as much as you yeah. can. But also as a shout out to South African production, I think, like you said, as opposed to China and India, you know, you'll get a sample, you might like it, you might tweak it. And then you've got to cross your fingers and hope that the other 100,000 you're printing look the Absolutely. same as that sample. Yeah. So if people were interested in publishing in South Africa... Um, you know, even if their product, um, production, creative and all the rest of it was done externally, there is the option to then print and ship from South Africa. Absolutely, definitely. I, you know, I've had very interesting conversations with printers in South Africa. And, it's, and for some reason, um, countries outside of South Africa don't print in South Africa. And, and, uh, and, and these are obviously some of the questions, some of the talking points we discuss on a daily basis is how do we promote printing in this country more you know and i know it's a cost factor yeah. our print cost is slightly higher um but at the same time it's a win-win for all we're supporting a local printer yes you know on, on the kids book our pricing point w one of the questions we got on the kids book is why does the book cost 450 rand when most local cookbooks here are between 250 and 380 um except for your internationals so your nigella's um, your Jamie Oliver's yeah. and your Gordon Ramsay's all range. Yeah. Which are all roughly around the 30 US exactly, dollar mark. If, exactly. If so, so Nick's yeah. so, so yeah. book is very much in line. But we also pitched the book as a hardcover, as thread sewn. That's the way the book is bound together. It's not glued. Yeah. So it's also a, a, a quality thing, you know? Um, yeah. So, so yeah, pricing is a very, very, very important part of the book process. Yeah. And I think going back to just, just another sort of um, 
feather in the cap of printing in South Africa, you're comparing that slightly higher in inverted commas pricing to markets where you don't have control over work conditions and, you know, factory yeah. conditions and all that sort of thing. Whereas in South Africa, it is third world in terms of a global scale, but your conditions are controlled, they're monitored, you know, there's appropriate working hours, there's no inappropriate. Yeah. And that's always a question, you know, with particularly now with the state of the ethical world business, in, all questioning ethical, business, ethical businesses, yes, yes, 100%. So yes, South Africa might be slightly higher on the scale of third world, but your control and, and, and your conditions are completely yeah, different. I couldn't agree more. Shout loud. I love that, you know. And, and I, think, I think in both my companies, um, I, that, that's always something I consider is, is, is ethics. Ethics is quite important, you know. Um, not, not, not overwork. I, I'm a workaholic. I work 18 hours a day. I love what I do. Um, yeah. And I wake up on a Saturday and people are like, oh, you're working today. I'm like, well, it's not work. I just, I love what I do. But yeah. also not overworking yeah. teams, you know, making sure hours are by the by. Just, I think, I think ethics generally in life, but especially with business, is, is going to become more and more important considering where the world is at. Yeah. And my last question yeah. before I yeah. let you go, Dale, is for someone looking at a project, whether it's food or travel or, or red, whichever yeah. category, I think going back to the concept of lifestyle branding, there's a lot more than food that has to be thought yeah. about if you're looking to do a recipe book. And I know this was the case with the project with Nakia as well. There's wardrobe, there's styling, there's makeup, there's locations. There's, you know, there's yeah. a lot of factors that have to be considered um, on that front. Yeah, a absolutely. You know, I think um, I think people hear cookbook or they hear recipe book and they go, okay, we just have to, you know, we have to test and create 80 recipes. But really, I think part of telling the brand story, part of putting together a, I like, I, I like calling it a story food book, you know, because for me, when I, when I read Nikia's book, um, I really learn a lot about her life, more than the recipes. And I also think we, mm. we, we've entered a decade where traditional recipe books and cookbooks are, are, are maybe a thing of the past. So I think you have to offer your consumer a little bit more. So if you are curating a, a cookbook and you travel, travel is going to become an important theme in that book. You know, we want to hear about the countries you've been to along with that recipe. So, so I think yeah. a layer on yeah. top of food and on top of recipes is really what, what is your story? Is it travel? Is it fashion? What are those common themes? And, and treat those themes as importantly as food. I think, I think it's yeah. quite important in creating that manuscript, in creating that book. Which I think as brand professionals is a super yeah. exciting time to be in because your layers are so much yeah. deeper and there's, there's so much more from a content perspective um, to work with. Well, Dale, from, from looking at the book and being at the launch of South Africa a few weeks ago, I have to say hats off to you and the team. It is a fantastic Thank product. You, and Thank you for um, coming all the way and I, It was amazing. No, Thank it was you. an absolute pleasure. And I was super excited to see, again, homegrown and, and, and everything that got into it. But also with my branding hat on, just seeing the whole campaign mm. come together and the digital threads that tied mm. up and, you know, the attention to shooting behind the scenes, yeah. which is something you can never go back and yeah. do once you've passed that stage so just having yeah. the foresight to create 
to create the story uh, yeah. and, and create the full I mean, picture. I mean, we produced the four-part video series in the book. And I always say to authors and creatives, the one thing we always forget is to document the journey. You know, how, how are you going to tell the story of how you got to this point of having this book if you never document? So I think that's one thing we did well. It's something that Kia always reminded me. It's like, Dale, we have to shoot stills. We have to shoot video. And I had a really amazing yeah. um, post-production team who put that series together. And I think that also aided and helped tell the story of the book. Yeah, no, absolutely. I have to say, I looked at that and I thought, this is exactly what people need to be doing. And, you know, I sing about it from the hilltops yeah. with clients. You know, if you're putting an event together that you're super excited for, the two hours that your event runs is, is almost irrelevant yeah if you want to tell a story about how yeah, you got absolutely here. Absolutely agreed. I always use this term with, with clients. We say always on, you know. Yeah, a, a, an event and a book is one moment, but how do you make their content live? And how do you repurpose? How do you monetize? How do you make sure their content has legs and a timeline? Um, I think we go through so yeah. much effort to, to put creatives together and concepts together. And some, some are very short-lived. Um, but, but I think they need to be long lived, you know, I think, I think the Nakia four part video series will live on for, for many months, if not years, someone will find it on YouTube and go, this is amazing. They created a book in 2019, it released in 2020. This is the journey. We've documented it, which I think is the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Dale, thank you so much for thank your time. Thank you, Zara. I can't wait to see what else comes out of that food guy, whether it's yeah. publishing or agency. Yeah. And um, yeah, really, really grateful for your time. I could to talk today. to you for hours. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, I could too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on an episode of Well Branded, the podcast. Subscribe for the latest episode right to your inbox and pop by the website at www.bewellbranded.com. You'll find me on Instagram and Facebook at Be Well Branded, and I would love to hear from you. I hope to catch you on the next episode soon.